improvisational, right? You know, jazzy jam thing. But but I have to. I I that was the unexpected thing of, of just. I was like, man, how much did this? <laughs> how much did it actually affect you? Right, not right. Yeah. Like like you know, and, and I'm just like, fuck, man. Mm, like yeah. I, I think that I've I've just been trying to write the Sonic theme. <laughs> This whole time, I just want I just want the Sonic theme with real with like real drums. That's all I. Who doesn't really? That's all I wanted. Episode twelve, recorded October fourteenth, twenty twenty one. So what we're gonna what are we gonna talk about this week, Robert? Oh, that's a segue. Uh, so this week. Uh, we're going to do. We're going to be talking about part one of, to be perfectly honest, a yet to be determined <laughs> number of, of these shows. Um, I, I initially said three the way I divided it up, but the more I look at the list that I've uh, that I've sort of uh, tenuously put together, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be three or four. It might be four. At least it's not seventeen. It's not seventeen. It it could be something along the lines of forty five hours, but we're gonna I'm gonna cut it down to maybe like ten. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> so uh n- not not because that would be an unenjoyable forty five hours. It's just that that's just a lot of listening. It's a for lot one, of fucking listening. For like one week. Yes. You know, like we're gonna... <laughs> Oh for one week. No, no, no. <laughs> so uh Video game soundtracks. Video games have soundtracks. There we go. Some people do not know this. Uh, some people think it's strictly uh, uh, Pong doesn't have a sound. It's beeping. You know, that's, there's no soundtrack there. Pitfall didn't have a soundtrack. Oh, okay. It had a sound when you jumped over the right when you right, jumped right, at right. all. So, yeah. So this is. Oh, let's put it this way. A lot of times, up until like present day, when when people in mainstream culture, typically like the news media, mm-hmm. references uh, video games. It's always it's always to the tune of like, video games are huge these days, billion dollar industry. They've come a long way since Pac-Man. Okay. Still, I 30 see. years later, I that's, see. that's been the thing for like 30 years, you know? And okay. that, that, that um, <laughs> idea is still very prevalent. <laughs> like, oh, so, so quaint. <laughs> So quaint. Do they say that like about like Ford? Like you know, like they say that oh. about like the automobile. They've come a long way since the Model T, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, they don't say that about any other industry. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, they don't say that about or any other of the entertainment industries. Yeah, because like what movie? Uh-huh. Like come along, they, you know. There was there was Citizen Kane, <laughs> and the, well, I don't know. People do still call things the Citizen Kane of something else. So there right. is that, I guess. Well, you don't like talk about like oh, movie theaters made however many billions of dollars or whatever. They've come a long way from the silent films. <laughs> right. Uh, or it's but, become a long way since uh, Thomas Edison's version of Frankenstein. Yeah. The, the talkies are really going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I think these talkies might be around, might be here to stay. Yeah. We might finally be seeing a trend. Uh, yeah, but there is, and I, I, there, that has to sort of be with just the, the sort of the, the association that people have of video games to children. Sure. And yeah. even though like people in their forties, like even though those children are now us, 
Yeah. And we're, you know, knocking on 40. I mean, people in their 50s, you know, grew up with Ataris and shit. Right, yeah. We're not even talking about like, oh, isn't that cool? Grandma plays World of Warcraft or whatever. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about people who were kids when yeah. the when the consoles, you know, when Nintendo and Atari, and they've just grown up. People who have lived their entire lives with video games in, you know, in the mainstream right. to some level. Right. Uh, it's still just this quaint little you know, thing. Because, yeah, there is some element of like childishness and immaturity. Absolutely. And right. at least in not- the in the perception of it. Well, also, there are perfectly valid reasons to think that, especially these days. Like, What do you mean? You can watch, you know, Twitch streams of people playing Call of Duty and, and cussing at each other and calling each other, you know, racial slurs. And there are absolutely many reasons to associate immaturity with okay. video games that are alive and well and not showing any signs of fading. Okay, I see what you're saying. So. Uh, but also, like they're bigger than video games are like bigger than they've ever been. It's a weird thing, uh, right? I guess it. I guess that's also sort of a like. We should also preface this like I am, I am, and have sort of always been way into video games. I, I'm right. I'm not the person that I know who is the most into video games by any stretch, but I'm like way, way. Yeah, and that's been very consistent. Yeah, for the whole time that I've known you, I I was very into console games, and and computer games up until a point, like uh, around junior high ish, like Doom Two, perhaps. Oh, I was all about Doom Two. Yeah. Um, I was I was I was all about Doom and and Quake. I was a boss at fucking Quake. Um, but around uh, around like my. F- eighth grade freshman year or so that was when i sort of ducked out a little bit yeah it just it just stopped because because i got really into drums and that 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 became my thing i want i didn't want to spend money on video games anymore i wanted to spend money on symbols i wanted to spend money on music right and so that so i kind of pivoted I canceled my GamePro subscription. <laughs> modern got a fucking modern, drummer. <laughs> your boy. Modern fucking drummer. The king of thrash metal drumming. They know what they're talking about. Uh, I always thought you said crash metal drumming. <laughs> I mean, the, you'd never. The, also. Sure. Yeah. Um, which is funny because Vinny is not really a thrash metal drummer. Yeah. But, you know. Whatever the 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 drum media coverage of metal music in the '90s is is another yeah also topic. another episode yeah another bullshit piece of bullshit yeah. um but uh but, but but yeah 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 so so like my perception of it is very sort of you know I'm a filthy casual I guess like oh there was a time for you and then that time ended yeah, yeah. That's it. um yeah yeah. yeah. Because you can, I mean, you can say casual today, and it's like it has an entirely different connotation, right? To, to other things, yeah, I it mean, could, it could be that you play a billion hours of a phone game. Sure, like you yeah, spend yeah, all yeah. your time on a phone game with like microtransactions that you put money into every day, and that's a that's you're still casual in a stupid sense, you know? Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, what 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 crosses the line for you to identify as a gamer or for you to track? As a gamer, and I think that's really yeah. what changed. When I'm talking about myself, I can I can articulate when that changed right. for me. Um, whenever I I stopped caring about being good 
at the games in relation to my friends and shit like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I stopped caring about what new games or new this or new that or whatever, you know? Um, but, uh, but I mean, you know, I still play Skyrim. I still play, you know, I've logged my hundreds of hundreds of hours in Skyrim and Fallout and, you know, and Bioshock, like, but it's, I'm very, it it serves a purpose in my life. It's not a craft. It's not a, 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 you know, it's not a thing that I go to for skill build or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not something I'm, you know, or it's not even like a persistent hobby. It's just a thing that every once in a while you're like, okay, I'm going to be really into this for a few weeks. Yeah. And so, but, um, but yeah, so, so you made this, you made two playlists. You made one that's on Spotify. Yeah. This is really like one big playlist, but I had to divide it up because some of this stuff isn't available on Spotify. Right. Right, 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 right. So there's, there's half of it's on Spotify and half of it's on YouTube. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I listened to it, I listened to it today. Okay. That was, it was just immersed today. And I, and I, I like have to say that I'm, I'm extremely curious to any of your impressions here and I have reasons. Okay. Uh, but you go ahead. Go well, ahead. I have, I have, have quite a few. They're not, they're not as, because, you know, it's been, like I said, I've been tracking drums. It's been a really, really hectic week. So I didn't have time to yeah. listen as deeply as I would have liked to. If, if there's one to not listen as deeply to, it's going to be this one. Okay. So, but, I I am thoroughly amazed at how unique and enjoyable and unironically fucking good all this music is. Yeah. So that's cool. That's the first thing. Cool. Good. I'm glad. Is the, is that this shit is undeniable. It's just it's 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 like this is this is you put all this together. And it's like this is some of the best music I've ever heard in one place <laughs> in the past year. Like this is all sweet, so well put together. It's so well performed. It's so well composed, and and it's unique. It's very engaging, but it's also so damn enjoyable to listen to. And I don't know that there's any other style of music that that gives as much to you as the listener and asks for as little. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because yeah. you don't have to, you know, because it, it always has such steady, like, tempo and, you know, like, it's so cons- – whatever, like, the the variations in it are so consistent or uh, the, the things that are varied are varied in such subtle ways is what I mean. So overall, it's consistent. So there's so part of the reason that is the case is because you got to think about this is stuff that's playing over right. a video game level that you might be repeating for hours, right? If not days. So it has to be written in such a way that it can be like immediately, you know, something can grab you, it can be recognizable. It can be it's like an earworm, mm-hmm. but it needs to be repeatable endlessly, really, right? And not get old. I mean, it inevitably does, but. Within reason, it needs to not get old uh, and still be enjoyable and still be impactful because some of the stuff is written with the game in mind. Right. Right. So not all of it. Some of it might be written before the game even exists technically because uh, the order that the shit happens in varies studio to studio. Oh, sure. But uh, yeah, it's got to be written so that you can enjoy it while you are playing the game. And so maybe some of that ties in or maybe – but yeah – 
it, it, yeah, and it seems clear that that a lot of those things that I'm that I'm that I'm saying about it are a reflection of the constraints put around it for it needing to serve that purpose, and so um, it's not the only thing that's happening. So it doesn't need to do the things that other music needs to do to keep your attention. Right. It right. doesn't need to be as dynamic. Right. It doesn't need to, you know, uh, have have a lyric that engages you emotionally. It doesn't need to have a part that's like so fast and so heavy and this so intense. It doesn't need to do all that. Totally. Because that's what's happening visually and sort of interactively as you're playing the game. So, yeah. so you know, the, the 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 music is almost like the the sat like the balm that's sort of <laughs> the, the <laughs> you, lubricant. You know that that. Uh, you know, yeah, but uh, I, it. I think the things that make it that make the style of music so unique are are a direct result of the constraints uh, put on it. Agreed. And yeah, so that's one of my impressions. The other, the other, those early ones, like the Sonic music, and the uh, the the like Streets of Rage one. Uh-huh. Um. That's just fucking wild, and and so it 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 really those those really struck me because like I want to know more about how the music was recorded and yeah. how it was performed because I have a sense that even though that music's electronic. And you know, and those percussion parts are electronic. Like I have a, I have a feeling of someone at a keyboard, you know, oh, playing, sure. playing, you know, not someone programming a loop mm-hmm. to do that. Like someone played all those parts, and there's this human little rub in some of it. Like, and so that was really fascinating to hear. Yeah. There's a little bit of human imperfection in the uh, performances even though the sounds themselves are so uh, artificial yeah like they're clearly sounds from a sound bank somewhere right but yeah how did they how did they get into the recording that's the question right and i honestly don't know in in most cases mm-hmm. but i can totally see that being the case yeah and and so that that's so like there's that and then there's also the aspect of like i didn't i have to wonder how much because so much of this music, I mean, I was consuming it because I played so many fucking video games from, you know, like the age of like six or seven to like the age of like 16 or, or yeah. 15 or something. Like that. So it consumed hours of my day every day, right. more or less for that time period. Right. You know, so because I was, I was listening to this, I was like, this is how I tried to write small deal songs. Like I wanted small deal songs and, and then when we recorded, I wanted it to function in this way of here's here's cool melody A, here's cool melody B, here's cool melody A with some different layers yeah, and, yeah. And, a, and a different little thing put in. Here's cool melody B, you know, and then, you know, like I wanted it to function sonically almost the way that that video game music did. And then, and then live, you take and you stretch it and unwrap it so that it's this big improvisational, right? You know, jazzy jam thing. But 
but I have to, I, I, that was the unexpected thing of, of just, I was like, man, how much did this, <laughs> how much did it actually affect you? Right. Not right. Yeah. Like, like, you know, and, and I'm just like, fuck man. Mm, like yeah. I, I think that I've, I've just been trying to write the Sonic theme <laughs> this whole time. I just want, I just want the Sonic theme with real, with like real drums. That's all I, who doesn't really, that's all I wanted <laughs> this whole time. And I didn't know. Fuck. That's a great point. Oh man, that, yeah. I mean, there was definitely some of that for me uh, that I like realized over time. Because, uh, like you, I played a shitload of video games when I was a kid, and I would like I probably played Streets of Rage one uh, when when it came out, like nineteen ninety one or ninety two, uh-huh. and so I would have been like uh, eight, I guess, eight or nine years old probably. Uh-huh. And I remember like knowing that melody to that to that intro track. And humming it to myself and mm. knowing it, but like I didn't know that it was good music until right. way later. Right. It wasn't until way way later I was like, oh shit, I'm listening to this now. I, I just knew it for you know years and years. Right. But that's why I knew it because because it was fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that's like another thing that really struck me. And this will probably be like the last thing that I have to really add is is the uh, is the the very clear and obvious jazz fusion influence yeah especially on um the composer who did the streets of rage yuzo koshiro yeah especially yeah. there's a huge totally jazz fusion influence on that even in his instrumentation and like in the voice like the organ and the the way that he uses different things and and stuff like that and i have to wonder i don't know enough about the japan jazz scene other than one exists and and that I know that a, a lot of artists like a lot of American jazz artists had a lot of success in Japan oh okay cool I didn't know that and so I have to wonder like how influenced was he by you know like was he involved in the jazz in the Japan like in the jazz like what is that or was it or you know yeah I mean do you do you know anything about him? Some I don't know that specific part. Uh, I can totally see that being the case, though. Like obviously, uh, but I do know that when he was making the music that he made before this, uh, and then these soundtracks became huge at like in the club scene in Japan, because it was a it was a style of music that wasn't really that didn't really exist mm-hmm. before. So in a weird sense, for Japan at least, he like really pioneered this style of like I don't even know what you'd call it it's just like sort of hard club jazz or some shit okay I don't know what you'd call it but but it became huge mm-hmm. and he's like well known for playing it uh, live playing okay. playing some of the stuff live oh okay um uh but I I know that he has done he does soundtracks to this day right uh for many different types of games but uh, never, no, I don't think he ever did much quite else like the Streets of Rage soundtracks. Oh, okay. Um, he did read like they did, they just did a Streets of Rage four uh, last year, two years ago, but it was a different company, different everything. But they got him back to do a couple of the tracks mm. for the new soundtrack. Well, and it's it's interesting that you talk about you know because I remember that's the thing that, that that you had mentioned before was that the people they got to compose the music for these video games. Because the constraints are so intense on even just the amount of information 
right? That, that you're able to use yeah. for the music. And so the, but that leads to the nature of how you have to record it and the sound bank, the sound sources you need to use. Cause this is, you know, a lot of this is before you could just have an audio track, you know? Yeah. So this was Streets of Rage. The earliest stuff on these playlists are on the Genesis. Right. The 16 bit. 16 bit console, which was, it came out in 87, 88, something like that. Um, and I do know that for the Streets of Rage stuff specifically, and probably the Sonic stuff too, and a, a tons of other games, the these consoles back then had like specific sound hardware. Mm -hmm. The Genesis was a Yamaha chip of some sort, and you had to like basically know how to program for that chip mm -hmm. to be able to write music for it. And it was the same for the SNES, uh, whatever chip that had. Um, the Super Nintendo Entertainment Center. Entertainment system. Yes. I spell like I like to spell center with an S. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I'm I'm what you call a ninja speller. <laughs> you sneak in and, and rearrange the letters when no one's looking. Uh-huh. Uh also I hate saying SNES. I don't know why I said that. Just kind of I've never heard anyone say it until now. Yeah, I don't like it. Because everyone else I know has self-respect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, clearly that's gone out the window. Um but yeah, you so you basically had to know how to program for that chip, that like Yamaha FM chip. And so that's where these soundtracks come from, is mm. that hardware mm. that was in the Genesis. And the, the Genesis is famously known for having like extremely weird sound hardware, but obviously people got really good results out of it. Oh, okay. So, and as time has gone on, people have looked back on the early Genesis uh, game soundtracks specifically and said, oh shit, this was like really good. Because mm. uh, if you compare that to uh, contemporaneous uh Super Nintendo soundtracks, like the early Final Fantasies, the early Mario's, the Zelda's, and stuff like that. They had like a different, like a softer feel to them. Yeah. If that makes a lot of sense. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe like a lot more reverb in some ways. Uh, but the Genesis stuff typically had like a more uh hard, like a raw feel. And well, and that kind of goes sort of in sync in sync with the sort of the way they tried to brand that Definitely. system as well anyway. Definitely. Uh, so, but, but yeah, I played more Super Nintendo than I did Sega. So I have, you know what I mean? I, I still remember like all Ling Ling to the Past soundtrack yeah. and especially all the Donkey Kong music. Donkey like, Kong Country stuff? Oh yeah. Sure. I, I know, I know that music. Those are well known for being fantastic soundtracks. They're incredible. Yeah, that that composer uh, is that David Wise, Grant Kirkhope, one of those two dudes mm -hmm. did that soundtrack. They've done a shitload of of soundtracks since then that are like highly regarded. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And uh, and and so, but but like because of that, because of the constraints, you needed to have actual composers, like people, you know, because you think the way mm -hmm. you think about it. Is you imagine, oh, oh, you need music for this kid's toy? Well, just grab some somebody from the mailroom, make them blah, 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 blah on the keyboard, stamp it, and move it along to the next piece of the assembly line. Yeah. Because these things weren't seemed like working in video games or working in something wasn't seen as anything respectable when we were kids. 
Yeah, it's it's it was in a really weird spot because like this is just turning into like a history of video games in a certain a weird sort Which of way. Which is fascinating. <laughs> so yeah, right. Well, I just don't feel qualified to talk about a lot of it, despite knowing what I feel like is probably a lot about it. I think you know more than like 99 percent of people C- compared so. to a lot of people. Sure, you know more than me. So, um, but uh, it feels like it was in a weird like tug of war in a way because to a lot of people it did absolutely seem like that, mm-hmm. like video games fucking bullshit like why would you work in that and they did a lot of times i think just get fucking joe from the mail room to plop down some keys and that's the soundtrack because most soundtracks are really trash mm. and just like simple and just like get something in there and you know get something that loops make it loop mm. if it loops <laughs> good to go hey hey you know how to make this loop <laughs> right. get up get katie from the mail room we knows how to make things loop but on the other hand at that time, you were having to like program for this hardware, so you had to have some like yeah. a respectable level of technical knowledge, right? You had to know of something. what the hell you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so not only like creative knowledge, you had to know how to program for this stuff, right? And that 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 that, that, that that's going to be a interesting cross section, like you know, or, or right. it's going to narrow that, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah, so. But well, and it's it's also just sort of like the nature of I guess maybe the nature of it being just a new industry, yeah. In that sense, you know, and th- there's something interesting too that you mentioned just now of that, and I think this I think this phenomenon has a name, but uh, it, it's sort of a it's sort of a, a very a, akin to survivor bias or like uh, in a sense of. Because whenever you hear people talk about, like, they want to compare, like, you know, like, the memes of, like, oh, I'm going to compare the lyrics of Stairway to Heaven to, you know, like, Justin Bieber or okay. whatever. You know, because they used to make real music and now they don't make oh, real okay. music. Oh, sure, sure. It's, it's so, so sort of in that line of that, um, you know, when you're 20 years removed from something, the stuff that is still known is usually going to be the best stuff that has had the most impact. Yeah. It's and, like naturally filtered out over time. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. It's, na- it's been naturally filtered out. And so, whereas you don't know, we don't know what is happening right now in 2021, that's going to be relevant 20 years from now. Right. But we know what happened in 1991 that's still relevant now. Exactly. And so to grab random piece of culture from 1991 and compare it to random piece of culture from 2021 as if that's even possible. <laughs> right. In any way. Right. Is just is just it's just it's just foolishness and it's just it's just a way for you to try to sling some of your bullshit and and try to devalue something else that's that you don't understand or that's just not for you. Um, Yeah. But it's, but so, because you mentioned, you know, like, well, there were actual, there were lots of video game soundtracks that were trash. We're talking about, you know, like you're, you're talking about like some that are really good. That doesn't necessarily mean that, that like I'm, that, that, that everyone who has, 
It doesn't mean that like, oh, well, this is just a treasure trove genre and any game, any cartridge you plop in is going to be a musical masterpiece. Right. And so, we've just all missed the boat. Yeah. Someone didn't discover two weeks ago that, hey, video game soundtracks 30 years ago were fucking awesome. And now right. let's go check them all out. That's not right. The case that's at all. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know. Like I'm on a I'm on a slasher movie trip right now, like watching like Friday the Thirteenth stuff like that. Um, there was a lot of really crappy ones made then too that no one I don't know the name of that no one knows the name of. Ghoulies, Chopping that, Mall, probably. They're chopping. Yeah, that's a Chud is in there somewhere. These are <laughs> chopping. I mean, Chud. <laughs> is not a slasher movie. I know. I'm just thinking about VHS covers that I've seen at the fucking video store now. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Fright but, Night, very good cover. That, that's a solid one. A great one. You know, Elvira. Oh hell yeah. Um, Elvira. Aftershock. Um, I don't. I, I. I'm just. I'm just like pulling up mental images. Did you see that Elvira news? She fucking came out as a, a lesbian for the past twenty years. Oh, good for her. Yeah, she's had like a partner in, in secret. <sighs> fucking wild very cool isn't she doing there's like a so she's doing something else new she's like a podcast or something she does something yeah yeah like there and then and so because I think I remember seeing someone's someone's like comment being like now that she's in public eye probably going to be more in the public eye for reason X it's awesome that she can be herself yeah something, uh, like, something that. like that but I don't yeah. know what I don't reason either. X is yeah <laughs> so I missed that part anywho uh, slasher binge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J just that um, it's very easy to romanticize the past if it's like two plus decades gone by. Right. Because you don't, you have forgotten all of the actual shit that, 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 you know, and you just remember, you just remember all the really good stuff. It doesn't mean that the average thing that was released Right. is is better than the average thing at any other given time. Totally. Know? Exactly. You know, exactly. I, 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 because um, there's this guy, this uh, music YouTuber named uh, Rick Beato. Yeah. And so, I know. Okay, cool. A lot of his content is really great, but a so, lot of his fan base is really toxic and gross. Yeah. And uh, it, they, they just look like, you know... And and he got it seems like about like six months to a year ago he really like started gaming like clickbaity titles yeah of like why does music suck I so I you know like a a picture of him going yeah so I listened what, to the top twenty what killed the guitar solo I, yeah. I listened to the top twenty metal songs and he's like yeah right yeah and then like yeah. you actually watch the video and he like talks about how much he likes everything and it's it's yeah. just it's That's just gaming the algorithm and getting clicked you know i, I understand that also it's fucking annoying and right gross in a way right and i i saw someone you know sort of like counter arguing against against one of you know one of his theses and basically saying like if you look at the albums that came out in 91 that we still talk because you know oh never mind and bad motorfinger or whatever 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 none of those albums were number one you know like never mind was well like but, but that was like the exception to the rule sure so <laughs> sure well i think it's like if you look at like what the number one song was like the number one song was like 
Um, kind of 91. Well, it was like the, a Brian Adams song from Robin Hood Prince like of Thieves soundtrack. You know? Right, right, right. Exactly. I'll be right here waiting for you or whatever. <laughs> and like, yeah. no one is talking about that song. People and, are talking about that song, just not in a good way <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, like that's just to sort of like support the point yeah. of that, you know. Like, oh, everyone is, oh, this is so culturally relevant and blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, that so the music was so good then. And it's like, right. you don't – no. <laughs> I feel like there is a – there's a bit of a 90s music, like mid-90s alternative rock uh, nostalgia renaissance. Because it's classic rock. It's what the 70s were when we were in high school. Exactly. Literally. Exactly. It is that time. Literally. But – the well, Yes, but the point I want to make is this exact point that you're talking about, which is I remember living – I was way into alternative rock at the time, and I remember there was a ton of shit. And the stuff that I look back on fondly, I'm like, I have great nostalgic memories of that stuff. Some of it I listen to to this day, but there was a lot of trash all over the place. So by no means was that like a golden era for music. It's yeah. just that there was some good stuff that I grew up with. <laughs> right, 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 right. And 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 like and, and the thing is, is that you don't remember the bad. You yeah. just don't. It just it gets washed out. Yeah. You know of your memories. You know. So and it's the same way with fucking anyone who grew up with Zeppelin in the sixties and seventies. Like sure, they were great and they endured, and a lot of the shit from them did not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you saying like a lot of like. A lot of other bands yeah. at the time. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I was like, people will fight you if you talk like you're like, yeah, Zeppelin had no one Ze- else. <laughs> you're like Zeppelin had a few good songs. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is in you know there is another sort of I think subtlety to the argument if you want to talk about like the albums and the music that was released between like sort of sixty eight to like seventy to seventy one. Because that was whenever it was, it was, I mean, it's kind of like what we're talking about now with video games. It was basically like rock music as the modern form of rock music and the out, the, the, the art form that is making an album. Yeah. That was an, basically a new technology, an right. LP, you know? So you had like, you know, you had like the white album, you know, and you had the first, you know, you had, um, like the first few Zeppelin records, you had the first few Sabbath records, you had Pink Floyd albums. You had all these things happening in like the yeah. span of like two years. Yeah. You had the first like two, few David Bowie records, you had the Meters, you had Funkadelic, you had all this crazy shit all happening like blah. Yeah. But, and so, and that has had a disproportionate influence than any other like any other random two years. I guess right. you could say, but it's because it's at the beginning of a new art, a new medium, yeah, if you will, which is albums that are not collections of singles. Yeah, it's you know, so yeah, that makes sense. But that's my hot take on that shit. <laughs> so, but but yeah, so so you have Streets of Rage, yeah, and so um, Koshiro. Is that his last name? Yeah. Koshiro. Koshiro. And so, yeah, so all that shit's fucking wild, especially the, the, the first the first four on the playlist. So what's the difference here? The first four are from the first game. Okay. And they have a slightly different sound than the second. Yeah. And yeah. so how far apart were these games? Less than a year. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
turns out games can come out very fast. <laughs> so, uh, if you're if you're making them thirty years ago, well, the music because the music seems so similar. I mean, I mean, not so similar. The, the the exact opposite of similar. The music felt so different to me. Hmm. You know. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a clear like evolution. I think. Yeah. Uh, the the first yeah the first four tracks do feel a bit uh. Uh, I'm gonna say it's simpler, but like a little bit less refined, a little bit rawer, I guess, in a way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the for whole sure. the whole soundtrack is like that. But there's a charm to it. It feels like oh, classic video game. Is it has a little more of that? Like it's obviously video game music. Yeah, you know. Um, but you know, and then you you go on to the rest of it. But um, so I I I. I I have notes of various types here, but I wanted to specify sort of why I picked the stuff that I did pick. Yes. Um, and so we have, I can, I can just run it down real quick. I have a few songs from Streets of Rage 1, uh, I think twice as many from Streets of Rage 2. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, thinking about it in chronological order, I guess, I've got a song from Sonic 1, from a couple from Sonic 2 and then a handful from Sonic 3. Mm-hmm. And those all came out 91, 92, 94. So also right, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Incre- incredibly fast after each other. Uh, I've got a few from Castlevania Symphony of the Night on there. And when did that come out? 97. 97. Same with Final Fantasy 7, which and I have a number of on there. And those came out on P- PlayStation? PlayStation 1. Okay. Yeah. And so speaking of technological like flashpoints... PlayStation 1 right. had CD audio. Right. It was the first console to have that. And, and you can tell. Yes, you can. You can tell. There's a huge, huge uh, sea change there. There, there, there. Abs- it feels like it's 20 years different. It really does. Um, the Be- only thing that gives it away is the drum sounds. Yeah. Because there's still definitely programmed drums. Um, but those are, that's like, that's like a real guitar. Like someone's totally. playing a real fucking guitar. On Absolutely. That, um, whatever. The, the dude who, you know? the dude who most people these days would probably know as the guy who, uh, up until recently was the producer of the Street Fighter series, which has gone on from this time period until now. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, he back then worked for, I think it was him. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was Swery or somebody. Shit, maybe I'm getting my stories mixed up. Either way, the dude who played the guitar on those tracks recently did an interview and like spoke about them for the first time since he's done them. He's been in the public eye. He just like never talked about it, I guess. Okay. No one ever asked him or something or didn't realize it was him. Something like that. <laughs> and he was like, and not on this song, but on a couple of other songs on the soundtrack, uh, the guitar is like very noticeably like an, like an not even a quarter step out of tune, but like an eighth step out of tune. It's just a little bit. Uh-huh. And he he made a series of tweets recently where he was like, I'm so embarrassed at how terribly this sounded. It was so out of tune when I played it. Because it's like this, it's, it's this big solo throughout the whole song. And it does kind of sound like shit in a way. <laughs> but it's also like, you kind of feel like maybe he meant for it too, because it's this like gothic, you know, you're in a castle, you're killing right. demons. Like maybe it was meant to sound weird, right? And it's what kind of works in 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 res- as a result. That shit's fascinating. But he was just like, "Yeah, I really fucked that up. I'm sorry." That's <laughs> so 
great. So yeah, that's so great. Very man. much a real guitar on those tracks. That's so great. That that there was like this really great on like one of the Dime Vision DVDs of Dime like just talking like just talking to himself in the mirror with the video camera talking about how amazing imperfect music is. <laughs> oh man. It's it's great cuz he's you know like he's talking about how someone is like you're trying to you know like you're trying to get get the note and you can't you know ah, and you can't quite get it. You know, or you're like so fucking and you overshoot and you're sharp or, yeah. or you know how like you listen to Sabbath and those guitars are a little out of tune. And they kind of sound like shit, but it kind of works for what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and it's just this really beautiful, you know, sort of just, I don't, I don't know, like a, like a love letter to imperfect art. And, and it means something coming from a dude like that. Like right. if you can't. You know, because he is, he was like, you talk to like Terry, you know, you hear like guys like Terry Date or whatever talk about him in the studio. And they're like, he was, I, he would be, you know, he was able to hear shit. It's like, no, dude, that was, that was fine 20 takes ago. And he's like, no, it's not. Because <laughs> right. there was one thing that he didn't, you know what I mean? So, you know, anyway. absolute perfectionist. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. You know. But uh, so hearing someone who you know that has those tendencies say it's all right to be fucked up sometimes. Right, 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 yeah. and, and and just and I mean and that's a thing that I've sort of I I've come that's like my whole that's my whole like recording philosophy that I realized, um, or my whole my whole hot take on it is that you know everyone says they want a perfect like they want a a good sounding record right right you know. Um, but you don't. You want a unique sounding record. Yeah, you want a record that sounds like you. Yeah. 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 And the only and how do you get a unique sound? You have to introduce variables. Right. And so you put, turn those knobs a little bit. Yeah. So putting you know like playing a real fucking guitar that might not be all the way in tune. That's going through a bunch of weird. That's going through a bunch of like physical effects or whatever. That. Yeah. You know. Um, or putting a bunch of fucking mics on goddamn drums in a fucking weird ass room. True. That so many variables. True. And so you're, or not if you're you know or if you are not playing to a click track or, you know things like that. Like they just they introduce. Now the thing is, is the music still has to function. Like it can't just be so imperfect that it doesn't function. Right. It's got to serve the greater artistic point right like so having a, a guitar solo that's a little out of tune and like a you know scary fucking demon slaying video game yeah <laughs> it, it fucking works you can kind of see how that would work so and then no one realized it for a long time that it wasn't intentional because no one asked the guy i guess i can't there was one of these tracks though all the one of these castlevania tracks that like almost made me mad because of where they how they programmed the drums oh yeah because it was just stupid <laughs> What with the, like, the placement, the rhythmic placement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, because I was like, I'm, am I hearing this wrong? Because like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and I'm like, goddamn fucking guitarists. <laughs> goddamn. Like, and that's another thing that like sort of sets the, uh, you know, Koshiro's stuff apart is sort of as it's, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of it, like a lot of it is, so it's, is it's like, oh, well, you can... Fuck, what am I trying to say? Not everyone understands what 
the drums are like what what the drums need to get done mm. and sometimes they will use the drums less as an establishment of how you're supposed to move to the music and they use it as if it's another compositional color right and that that takes away the like the groove of the music so sure. to speak and that definitely happens in that track right absolutely because you're like uh, 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 right trying to and figure out how to like think about it really right and i can and i'm like listen to it and i'm like man i just want to <laughs> you know like and it's like give it but bit give it yes but but give it but you know and it's but but I, I've I've like I've worked with guitarists and and you know and like or or people who like program a drum track for you or something like that and they have that they have that approach and it's like it's cool because sort of like they're thinking outside the box compositionally, but it's it's also you know like it's almost like I wrote a guitar track and I just had it going and I like I didn't even have it playing notes, I just had like all right go chicka 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 chicka. It's like, right. oh no, you wanted a shaker. Like you didn't <laughs> want a guitarist. You wanted a shaker. Let's we'll see if I can uh Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's like oh it's like, oh dude, do you know you know what to make this group pop? I'm gonna hit on the fucking E of two <laughs> right. and the uh of three. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like, no, dude, you gotta have you gotta have tension and release. You you know, you gotta you can't this have just all, tension. Just all tension all, yeah. all the time. So uh that brings me back to the reasons I chose these songs, uh, and that specific reason is sort of part of this. So a few of the reasons. Uh number one, every every one of these games that I chose, like cause somebody might listen to this and say, Well, where the fuck is Zelda? Where the fuck's Mario? All sure, the, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Not on here because number one, I didn't own a Super Nintendo when I was a kid. Do you Bitch. I played it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking coward, <laughs> coward! <laughs> you poor coward. Uh, like I played it at friends' houses or whatever, but it didn't. It didn't have that effect on me. So right, like, it wasn't part of your experience. Exactly. So this was shit that affected me. Special to me. Has nostalgic meaning. You know, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. Uh, number two, more to the point, for this is that I tended to favor rhythmically interesting tracks on these soundtracks mm. because I could have put any number of tracks from pretty much any of these soundtracks on here and I would have found interesting shit about them because these soundtracks to me are like uh, completely amazing. Uh, but I, I tended to find things that I thought, thought that you might find interesting. Oh, okay. Or, whether good or bad. Obviously, <laughs> we can go both ways. <laughs> Clearly. I think most of it was so, good. So when you put this on here, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know what you would think about it. But I knew that it was like, he probably have something He's to say about He's going to say this. something about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's funny. So uh, that was definitely a a conscious effort there. Whoa, uh, how funny. Uh, yeah, like there, it happened a lot of times, though. It wasn't just – like on that track, it was actually – it was actually like, okay. It was like extremely obvious. Well, it, it was like – because I was – you know, because sometimes you, you, you just hear the beat wrong. You know, like you're listening to that, that happens to you, right? Like yeah. you're listening to a song and all this, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, the downbeat." Oh no, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this shifted over a beat. I'm feeling this on the downbeat. I'm feeling the downbeat where the upbeat is, right? Right. That kind of stuff. Um, that happened with a, a number of these tracks. Yeah. And then you know, and then you just sort of key into the melody, and you're like, "Oh, okay, there it is." Right. Like, stop listening to the snare. Listen to the you know, listen to right. the melody, 
And then there's the phrasing, right? But so I thought that had happened when I was listening to this one. I was like, oh, no, no. Okay, hold on. If I could kick this shit back. Hold on. Let's go back. To the, hold on. Go back to the beginning. And then I was like, listen to the melody. And I'm like, okay, yeah. It's like, there it is. There's the phrasing. There's. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What even is? Stop. Uh, so. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, along that line, like, there, like I said, there were a lot of other sound, uh, a lot of other tracks on here that I could have put on here, but they just weren't as really interesting in some ways Mm -hmm. because some of this like some of the stuff that i put on here they can function as music on their own it it felt like most of this stuff really did yeah most of the stuff i chose for partially for that reason because some of the stuff is just like background ambience that i still in my mind identify very heavily with like those games and having played them and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but they don't really lend themselves well to like Let's talk about this thing because there's really not a lot going on there. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. right. You need – any good score has a certain amount of incidental music, you know, that is just sort of um, not – you don't have the theme of Star Wars playing the whole fucking movie. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Like every time someone goes to open their mouth. (laughs) Every time anybody fires a laser. Draws a lightsaber. It's just a fucking main Star Wars theme. Oh, shit. <laughs> just keeps starting over it and over again. It just keeps starting over, and then it stops for a second. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no Imperial March anymore. Just nothing. nothing fucking nothing. main just theme. over and over again. Uh, um, and yeah, the, the, the final reason was this. these were just good good songs. Good, good tunes. For sure. On the whole. For sure. And so... And, and so, so Castlevania came out in '97. Yes. Okay, that is crazy. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. You know, because saying that the, you know the PlayStation had CD audio because there's such a huge jump there. Right, and you'll see as we as we go forward with these to, to, to the these other shows that I have planned out, there are very clear like delineations. So like most of the '80s, nothing had soundtracks because there just wasn't room to do it on the cartridges or whatever like arcade games had soundtracks oh. home shit like all, virtually never had soundtracks really very very re- very, just, very rarely just like in the title screen sometimes yeah, yeah. like okay. sound effects maybe but even then you'd have sound effects that like played over each other because there were only so many sound channels to work with oh. so sometimes you'd have to have stuff cut out to have other stuff come in right so you just couldn't have music playing uh, and then there, but there were like other things that came along, uh, not over here so much, but like the, uh, so the I'm Amiga so, or, sh- you know, Com- uh, Commodore 64 had more, had more soundtrack. Fucking Neo Geo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Jaguar, <laughs> sorry, Jaguar, Jaguar I'm, was trash, I'm just, but yes, it was more powerful, but it was trash. I'm just, I'm just, it, it had an alien versus predator game on it. I wanted to play. Yeah. It was widely regarded as being pretty good. Um, but so so the so, are you telling me that a lot of, you know, prevalent uh, NES games did not have music in them? NES games a lot of times did. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I thought this was going to be like you imagined your childhood. <laughs> you're, you're remembering your childhood wrong. Yeah. So I say 80s. I should really say like the pre NES era because the NES came okay. out in '85. Okay. So, but most of the stuff that people think of as 80s console games like Ataris. I and see. Intellivision and ColecoVision and all this shit. Um, I see. I, I I tend to think of video games starting with NES. 
in America, in, in a, for a lot of people, they did. I'm a filthy cat. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, NES onwards, uh, the NES and the Mega Drive. Uh, what's, the, the, what's the Mega Drive? Sega's console around that time. Oh. Before the Genesis. Oh. Or I'm sorry, Master System was the first one. Master System was the first one. The Mega Drive is what the Genesis was called elsewhere in the world. Oh. Interesting. So, uh, so yeah, for anyway, from then on, you had soundtracks a lot of the time. And then up until the PlayStation came out, they kind of sounded a lot like the, the Streets of Rage, the Sonic soundtrack. A lot of like MIDI and FM synthesis mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, well, and, uh, FM, what do you mean? FM synthesis What's is What's FM like, mean in that context? I don't think it... I mean, maybe it does mean frequency modulation, just like FM radio does. Okay. I don't know for sure. Uh, but it's just like the style of... I don't know enough about it to give you a good answer. Cool. Really. Um, it's, it's, it, I think it's a counterpart. It's, it's a counterpart to MIDI. Okay. Is what it is. Um, so anyway, and then the PlayStation came along and you had CD quality audio. Mm-hmm. And so that changed and your soundtracks got way more robust. Right. Right. And then from sort of then on, uh, soundtracks just, you know, became a whole other thing because right. the soundtracks that I've included on here, up until Deus Ex, which is the last game I included, which came out in 2000, are all MIDI soundtracks still. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, with like the PlayStation 2, especially onward, you had like orchestrated soundtracks. Oh, I and see. that persists to this day. Uh, I mean, today you just have like bands putting, right, just like writing songs or whatever. And I don't, I don't even mean like licensed music, I just mean like people recording music for the games because you just have all the bandwidth to do that now. Right, 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 right. Uh, you, you can just put like a very clear, I don't know, like a flack, probably not a flack, maybe like a really high quality MP3 in your sure. game or whatever. And it sounds like, you know, right, real right. ass music where even back in this time period, it was still like there were fuzzy artifacts going on. I see what you're saying. I see so. what you're saying. And so, so Castlevania is 97 and then the Final Fantasy 7 is also, also 97. 97. Final Fantasy VII, famous for being like the last true uh, MIDI soundtrack that they did for that series. Really? Okay. Because they did they did eight and nine also on the PlayStation One, but they were like I don't know if it was improved hardware or what it was exactly. I only played like one Final Fantasy game. Mm. It was on. It was one of the ones on Super Nintendo. Mm. Uh, I could I could tell you from if you showed me the cartridge, I could tell you which one it was. Probably three. That was the big one. Um, but it was fun. I liked it. I don't remember anything about it. It had good music. I remember very little about it. But <laughs> yeah, so so tell me about the fucking Final Fantasy game series. Ooh, that is... <laughs> I know that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I know that's a lot. But explain like I'm five because I have no fucking concept. Um, okay. So... Like, like how are they connected? What is the style of game that it is, and how has that style of game changed over? Like, how is how is like Final Fantasy one different than two, different than three, different, or in broad strokes? Very broad strokes. So there, the connective tissue is like you have a group of party. They're they're Japanese role playing games, and that doesn't really mean much unless you know what one is, which is kind of stupid. <laughs> Because the name in itself doesn't really mean a lot. You can make an American game that is a JRPG because of the style of game that it is. Which I see. is typically like you have 
a, a party of characters that you're controlling through a story-based game mm-hmm. that you level up and you maybe specialize in certain ways. They have different classes or whatever. Right. You get into fights along the way, whether they're like real-time or like turn-based or mm-hmm. any of the sort of Final Fantasy games are turn-based right. for the most part. That that was what I remember sticking, that being very novel for me with the games that I yeah. had played when I played that Final Fantasy game. That was know? very, especially back then, it was like very much a hallmark of mm-hmm. Japanese role-playing games. Okay, so that style, that's 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 Japanese role-playing. It more or less, I think it almost certainly started off that way. Dragon okay. Quest and Final Fantasy are like the two big ones. Okay, because I, I always sort of, I remember growing up just thinking that was just RPG. Like, I remember Super Mario RPG on SNES was like a similar format, yeah. you yeah. know. But, but because, because it was styled after that, kind of. I see. But this is all, but this, so RPG is really... Japanese RPG because there were there were RPGs being made in America, but they were influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, and the first few were like first person, like super rudimentary early first person games, like the early Ultima games. Okay, uh, which were like they were just like slideshows because the, the mm. hardware wasn't there to where you could like like Doom, you know, move first person down a hallway and do some shit. Right. So yeah. Very different starting points, and then they eventually converged and crossed in a weird way, and then the Japanese started making Ultima-style games, and then went off in this other direction. Okay. Fucking weird shit. So, anyway, Final Fantasy games, uh, broad strokes, all that stuff. Uh, there are crystals, and there's always crystals in the game. Okay. It's just a part of the story. Uh, there's this, like, really involved lore that happened um, past a certain point, like, way too much for its own good. And you can get way into that if you want to. I was never super into that. Well, and that's kind of, that's kind of like the broad strokes, right? So, so, but so what? What like what connects it? Like, what is it? Just is it all taking place in the same world? Like, Some of them do. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, generally, generally the fuck man. This is like the Halloween of. Of series of fucking video games, you know it's even less connected than that, <laughs> because there's no one, there's no one antagonist following you throughout. It's 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 there's no it, Michael Myers in Final it, Fantasy. It's like if they kept going with the season of the witch premise. Yeah. So I don't know if you're familiar. Halloween three. So how ha- Halloween one is the story everyone knows. Halloween two is the rest of that night and takes place oh, right. A, takes place at the hospital and it's fucking crazy and brutal or whatever. Right. Halloween three, John Carpenter was like, Well, I don't know where to take this slasher shit anymore. So let me go let me make a this this doesn't even have Al, this doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. This is about a different kind of scary thing happening on Halloween. And that was what he was trying to like make a okay. Halloween anthology. And people were pissed. And then every subsequent Halloween movie had Michael Myers in some form or fashion. Right. So um so Final Fantasy is if John Carpenter had hit gold with Halloween three. And just like, well, maybe we'll do Michael Myers, maybe we won't, but we're gonna keep calling Halloween. Here we go. Yeah. Uh uh, yeah, I don't. Even, it's, it's I'm, a, I'm I'm stretching real hard. Yeah, it, it's it's such a stupid question to have to try to answer because <laughs> because like there is no real. It's like the loosest of possible connection. So are like, tissues. are there characters that connect? Sometimes, Sometimes. <laughs> rarely. <laughs> okay, so let's put it this way: from from main game to like, if you took you know Final Fantasy one, two, yeah. three, the main ones, the answer is no. The answer is no, never. 
but there are tons of other games related that yes. So they so they never connect to each other. The big ones never connect. Do characters appear? No. Okay. Are there like thematic similarities? Yes. And that's kind of are they like but they're not even taking place in like the same like universe? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Oh, I mean, do they reference the events prior sometimes? sometimes. <laughs> if they if they take place in the same universe, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I guess I guess I feel a little bit better now because I kind that's kind of the impression that I had. Yeah, that it was very disjoint, and I guess well, yeah. cool. I'm not crazy for thinking that. Yeah, I can explain a little bit about what makes Seven special though, because that's kind of like widely known to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of people's entry into the series, okay, and kind of the most popular one, in so in as much as or not in as much as, but like to the point that they are in the process of remaking it now. Hmm. Like the part one of X number of remakes came out two years ago, last year, uh, after people have been asking for it for decades, and that hmm. was I played that and that was great. Okay, uh, but they're gonna do like two or three more of them, and that'll finish. In like 2040 or some shit, probably, because that's that's taken forever to happen. And so they're they're like remaking. So the Final Fantasy VII was like a game when it came out, a full game. It was just a long game, and to remake that in today's fidelity is such an like a massive effort mm-hmm. that they remade the first like five or six hours of the game and put it out as part one. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And so oh they're gonna keep they're God. gonna keep doing that until they either all die because some of those dudes are pretty fucking old at this point. Some is like the same dudes making it. It's pretty incredible. Because wow. like what other what other medium does that happen in? Right? right? Yeah. When yeah, when yeah, does like Led Zeppelin yeah. come back together twenty years later and put out Led Zeppelin four again? <laughs> that doesn't fucking happen. Uh, I I mean, there's some thrash bands who have tried to do that. Uh, you know, that's like, a, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah, like because the recording technology wasn't there to you know so. Uh. Yeah. That's the premise, right? So, Exodus, Exodus re- retract uh, Bonded by Blood. Okay. Which there's a whole really fascinating sort of story there of how Exodus is almost really, you know, like low key the most influential thrash band, but because of just how chaotic their lineup was and just not being, you know, like making not as good of business decisions as other bands did their debut album that they had tracked came out like two years probably later than it should have oh wow whereas if it would have come out when they tracked it you know it would have been like oh my god like because because instead you have it being compared to master of puppets and and like killing Mm. is my business or something where it should have been compared to kill them all it would have made a way bigger of an impact right like if wow. it would have been able yeah. to be compared to kill them all you'd be like oh dude exodus fucking whips metallica's ass <laughs> um and so damn but yeah so they retract that lots of people hate it because it didn't have the original singer on it and the the new this the new singer they had for a while sang a bit differently than he did uh testament also also did it with a bunch of, and this, this theirs was called like first strike still deadly and so they just <laughs> went and and tracked a bunch of stuff off of their first few records you know i mean it it's cool it's cool you know what i mean i mean i'm i think it's interesting i i, I you know but i i don't have an emotional association with early testament or early exodus mm-hmm. 
So I don't, you know, like I don't, but because what you're attached to is not just the, those, you know, the song in the platonic sense, you're attached to the experience you had of right. that recording. Exactly. And so you probably don't, but it is really, the thing that is fascinating too about listening to the Testament one in particular is like, oh my motherfucking God, like Mark Morton and Willie Adler. <laughs> They're just playing Testament. <laughs> Of Lamb of God. Testament of Lamb. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lamb, yeah. And... um, Interesting. There's even some... They even had... Like, on a... They had Alex Skolnick do a... I'm almost certain of this, that they... I might be losing... I might be making up stuff. But I think he did, like, a guest solo on a Ashes of the Wake. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like, the last track on there that's, like, all instrumental and there's, like, a long, like, spoken word thing? Right. Or whatever. I think one of the solos on there is Alex Skolnick. I think you're right. Yeah. And I remember seeing an interview clip of like Alex getting like called to do it or whatever, and him being him like throwing some shade. You know, he's like, I was like, I didn't know what to expect with like a newer band. Like, are they gonna be wearing like fucking, I mean, wearing masks or some shit? You know, like he was just like told, all those bands that wear masks. These yeah, days. I don't know who you're talking about, Alex. Um, and uh, but he was like, these guys are really good. I'm like, yeah, because they play exactly like you. You fucking dick. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this guy's really got something. I think they're really yeah, going yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he goes instead of like I forget which testament song it is. I'll play it for you a little bit later. But it's it's like oh my god, like this is this is laid to rest. Basically, it's laid to rest. You know, Jesus Christ. But but yeah, no one's gonna go back and like oh let's let's. If you do have someone, someone, someone doing that, like in the context of film, it's like a different director doing a different interpretation right. or whatever. You don't have, you know, you don't have people remaking albums, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is interesting. I mean, that's that's a that's a wholly unique. Well, no, it's not. I guess movies do that all the time, don't they? They they, they will do reboots. But no one ever. But not like an- a remake. Not like not like we're gonna frame by frame reshoot this with better sound and better cameras. Yeah. And, and like better rendering and better, you know what I mean? And yeah, and- that that is that is a unique video game thing, for sure. Uh, what's what's wild though about the Final Fantasy thing is that it's not even just that. It's they've actually changed or the whole thing's not out yet, so you don't know, but. The way that things have gone, they have made changes to the story to sort of comment on the fact that over time, people's perception and expectation have changed how they think about the story. It's this whole meta thing that could turn out to be really fucking stupid, but it seems like it's pretty cool so far. Wow. So it's, it's a pretty ballsy thing, if nothing else. It's risky business. Yeah. It's like if the, the CG job of the hut in, in, <laughs> in Star Wars was, you know, giving Han shit about, uh, you know, you need to just let things be. You know, you can't go back and change the past, Han. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, oh, so. oh, that's a real, that's a phony premise. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> So, <laughs> fuck. So that's that's basically what's happening there. Um, anyway, long story short, the game was really important. Uh, 
for a lot of reasons, and it's very, very good. And it happened to have one of the best soundtracks. Uh, <sighs> probably my favorite soundtrack, bar none. That, that soundtrack, is this the whole thing? No, there are like 90 tracks on this track. On okay, the cool. Well, thank you. And for... there are like 10 on there, maybe? There's more than 10. Okay. Um, uh, but... But thank you for your your editing prowess, because um, <laughs> yes. ninety is a lot. Yeah. But this this is what blew me. What, what what struck me about this was just how all over the place it is stylistically. Yeah. And how well done all of it is. Um. And there's there's all sorts of these weird little influences and whatnot, like on a I don't know how to pronounce this, but Aerith's uh-huh. theme. There's almost like a hymn, like yeah. like the melody is. It's like it kept like I was like I don't I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I was like, it 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 reminded me of like some old hymn or something. Then then he did his fucking job because that's exactly what he's supposed to be going for. Well, there you go. Uh, now, um, the one that really cracked me up was this. Uh, the this, last one. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's okay. that's the outlier on that soundtrack. Is sure. it? Yeah. Is it? So, do you know why it cracked me up? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. I thought no, I, I would love to hear that. All right. I thought I thought maybe you. Uh... So the whole soundtrack is nothing but like MIDI the entire time, and All then right. you get to this final track, and this plays during the last boss fight of the game. Okay. Cool. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not fixing to play that track. No. 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 Okay. And so it goes off the rails with like symphonic weirdness and choir, like this really staccato choir coming in. And they're all speaking Latin and Yeah, so I want you to so you listen to that. Maybe you wanna take your headphones off. <laughs> so <laughs> So Okay. Yep. So that's that I, I you know, yep. I heard it and this is what I thought of. There you, that's pretty much it. What is that? It's the soundtrack nice. to the original King Kong versus Godzilla. Man, dude, I, wonder, I wonder if that's a direct reference. Then that could well be. It might be, dude. Akira Ifuke, um, oh, Ifukube was uh, a badass motherfucker. Um, the guy who did all the Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. Uh, so now there, now there is a little interesting. There's a little little tidbit there. Um, I have. Have both versions. Now that that version right there is in the American version, but the music, the score for the American version and the Japanese version are different. Ah, for those films. Okay. Um, but that song might be the same in both. I would I would have to double check. It did say it did say was that was composed by. Akira Ufukibi. Yeah. Man, I am blanking. There's a Godzilla podcast I listen to a lot, and I'm trying to like split the difference between saying his name how it's pronounced or how 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 it is uh spelled and how they and my brain's just not doing a good job right now. Um but Yeah, I, I, I'm curious to go look now and see it if if he is given if Nobuo Uematsu is the guy who did the Final Fantasy Seven soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh if he has ever made reference to that explicitly. I'd like to know. Yeah. Because it it, it that's uh, pretty fucking spot on for that pretty, first part. It's pretty there. <laughs> uh, the, but the the song I don't think we said the song that we're talking about is One Winged Angel from the yes. Final Fantasy Seven yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
um so yeah like i mean it's it's a ripper of a track yeah yeah it's 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 that's it that's i mean it's certainly in the same you know if vibe were a fucking key you know <laughs> songs in the key of vibe so um but, right but yeah so th this dude has done i don't remember which which if he has been there the whole time but he has done most of the final fantasy soundtracks over the past like 30 years and he's got like a rock band that he's been touring with for like twenty years, playing this shit. Wow! With a live band, and I, I would love to go see him. Um, he's like super old, but he's still doing his thing. It's pretty fucking cool. But yeah, nice. he, he's he's like one of the best in the biz for sure. He's okay, known for being incredibly, incredibly talented. It it's really fascinating to me that it, it seems now are are these two guys. Koshiro and this cat, are they outliers or is it like really common for these composers to have a live component? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's probably more common than not. And yeah, that's, that feels like a, that feels different than what I would expect because yeah. I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't think about like John Williams or, or Hans Zimmer or, or or the guys from Stranger Things like having a fucking rock band or like having a band that they go and tour with. I mean, John Carpenter does. Yeah, he, he but, plays bass, but, but, but he's but, weirdo. But yeah, man, like what does John – what one thing does John Carpenter do like fucking anybody else? Right. So, you know. Um, but, but also that's kind of a – like, you know, Williams, that, that's like – that's symphonic music, though, right? They don't really do, and this isn't this isn't symphonic, but it's also not rock music. It's like something weird. I guess I just mean in someone who's, or, or even like a, a you know Danny Elfman or whatever, um, you know, like someone whose job is to score. Yeah, is to sit in a room by than... themselves and and orchestrate compose you know music yeah. to serve a purpose to serve someone else's art in some capacity right and, and so you know you don't you don't think about i mean the guys in stranger things did have a band um but you know you still don't i guess i've never heard um shit what's the guitarist in radiohead's name <laughs> wrong guess and wrong dude shit anyway he scored a lot of films and I don't, okay. I don't think I've ever heard him go on tour and play his film scores. Or like Mark Knopfler has done a shitload of films. Mm -hmm. Like like did the Princess Bride score. I don't think I've ever heard him do the Princess Bride score in concert. And and who does he play with again? Dire Straits. Thank you. I, I should have just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Robert said a name I don't know. It's probably related to the Dire Straits in some, yeah, some you know, way. Probably so. <laughs> but yeah, so maybe that makes more sense to me is like yeah, guys who have done that, who have like scored a film. Right. You but, don't... You don't hear them go and play in that, whereas like these guys will go play this shit live. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that. Yeah, and that's. I wonder why. Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's really, it's really fucking interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess another point to to everything I added on here 
except for Deus Ex, are all Japanese composers. I guess they are, yeah. Uh, Castlevania, the Sonic games. Uh, what about this Buck Bumble, though? Yeah, so that was like a, that's just a sort of example of the stupid shit that just happens sometimes for, okay. a, for a game soundtrack, or for only the title sequence specifically. I don't know where that fucking came from, but it sort of had a weird resurgence over the past like five or ten years uh-huh. of people going, this kind of fucking rocks. This kind of like, it's kind of a bop, you know, or, or, or you know, whatever. This kind of fucking rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, remember the shitty game from like the 90s? Yeah, it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, yeah, uh, it has. It's uh, I was like, oh, how about that shit? It's weird. Um, uh, the, the Pictionary one is even funnier because like that dude – you can go find a number of his uh, like title themes on YouTube videos, and the comments are always the same. They're always like, "Dude, it was just this shitty game, and you went this fucking hard on the soundtrack. What are you doing? What what was the what's the matter with you? Because like the the comments on this Pictionary, this is this is the Pictionary for the NES, and the title theme just like rips. It just fucking goes." goes places yeah and it's just pictionary and so all the all the all the comments are just like dude it was just pictionary fucking chill (laughs) and and a lot of his other videos are are similar don't be such a try hard (laughs) that's amazing oh that's that's great so sometimes you just find weird shit like that maximum effort yeah exactly and so so the only one we haven't talked about is a De- Deus Ex. Yeah. And so this, this came out in 2000, you yeah. said. And this, man, there's a, a fucking vibe to some of these tracks, man. Yes. This was like uh, like conspiracies and espionage and sort of governmental like bureaucracy and shit. Well, and it has, there's a vibe. the theme of this game. Especially in the first one on here, the the, you know... Number nine ambient is mm-hmm. what it says, but it that has like almost like a, a synth wave kind totally. of totally. And and it, this whole this whole soundtrack is very like very cyberpunk esque before it became like a whole thing again, right? Right, right. Which yeah. that whole resurgence happened, what like like about 10 years ago, probably was it was it 10? Okay, maybe maybe less at this point, but I, I feel like the the watershed moment of it was like, drive. Yeah, and then not too long after that was like when Stranger Things came out, you know, the yeah. first season. That, yeah, that felt like the big like, you know, moment. That was Definitely. whenever that was whenever I I remember my hip friends, you know, like, have you heard the music in this new show? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, because it was hearkening back to that that eighties synthwave. Aesthetic very deliberately, yeah. Right, right, and so. But yeah, this this game uses it like all over the place. Uh, right. So yeah, so it's interesting that it was ahead of the curve on that, I guess. Um, yeah. So that that's the one game on here with. Uh, well, shit. Yeah, I guess they were all American composers because the studio was in Austin, uh, that made that game. Mm. Uh, but yeah, one of the one of the guys that they worked with was uh, Reeves Gabriel's. Oh. Who, who was the guitarist for fucking David Bowie, Bowie yeah. for a long time? He's like, he's he plays guitar on the Earthling. Oh, okay, or yeah, the Earthling or Earthlings record. Right around the same time, then. Which that was ninety seven. Yeah, when that album came out. 
Um, yeah, Reeves Cabrels, man. So Cabrels. that that um, that fucking out. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Nice. That one's that one's in the top ten. And that that record, I I feel so fucking lucky because I got to have my own sort of unique entry point into David Bowie of seeing him play Little Wonder, one of the tracks off of that record, on Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? And then being like, who the fuck is this guy? Give me this fucking record. <laughs> and then my mom being like, why do you want a David Bowie record? <laughs> you know? And, oh, shit. And, and, and I, I bought that record and Led Zeppelin four on the same fucking day. Wow. Um, and so, but yeah, man, and that, that record, it's, it's, it holds up. It's, it's great. It's amazing. Is I'm Afraid of Americans on that album? It is. Okay. It is. I only knew it from whatever soundtrack it was on at the time. There's also- Lost so, Highway, maybe? No, no. No? That's not- I, Well- I don't know. Maybe. I don't think that's on there, though. But there was there was a real, like, there was a video with, like, Trent Reznor, Trent Reznor in yeah. it and stuff that, like that. That was my entry into David Bowie, was that song. Interesting. So there's another really funny thing about that, uh, about that record so there is a i want to i want to i want to just play you the clip Mm -hmm. and see if you um notice it uh that sound familiar at all it does but i can't place it so um it's the last track the, on the, 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 the that yeah the whole thing oh so yeah. anyway that was used in a sequence of king of the hill <laughs> like bobby hill gets into some bullshit <laughs> and it's like you hear i don't want knowledge i want certainty <laughs> You know, Man. like he's doing like a he's doing like a runway or like fat. I don't remember wow. what it is, but it's some. And I, and I <laughs> okay, but um, but yeah, just a just a it's it's a it's a killer fucking record, man. Oh, um, I'm gonna I've never listened to that album. I'll have to go back and check that. Yeah, out. Yeah, I mean it's it's very clearly like oh this is if you wanted to be like cynical about it, you're like oh this is David Bowie's techno record. Sure. Um, but it's a lot better than David Bowie's fucking blues rock record <laughs> that he had done a few years earlier, Tin Machine or whatever. Um, so it's a really nice, I guess at the time though, I remember hearing it, I was like, I thought it was like, it was all, it all was all, felt all techno and drum and bass. Uh-huh. And now I can really hear, cause I was like fucking 14 or whatever. Now you can really tell the, the blending of those elements with the rock band, with the the acoustic drums and everything, and I think it sounds fucking amazing. Cool, but yeah, good old Reeves. So so yeah. Reeves was involved in. He did a number of tracks on that album, yeah. Okay, uh, but fucking along with like, I think there were like four four primary composers, including him. Okay, so it was a, a bit him of a group his, effort. Him and his fucking Parker Fly. Yeah, exactly. I, that that was how I first knew of him of him, and probably Bowie too was the fucking Parker Fly ads. And he had his his boa. Yep. Yep. You know. Exactly. Note to self: If you want to be famous, play 
play an instrument that that the company wants to sell to kids and then make yourself look make sure you have uh something distinguishing about your look that people can describe and write a few words oh you mean that guy with the boa oh yeah reeves cabrels that's how they get you you know so that's how, that's how they remember you um but but yeah so and this was a uh, another playstation game uh, well, it was a PC game. Kind, uh, not PlayStation One. It, it, was it was a PC, Jaguar game. It was PC at first. No, you're, no, f- further away. It was PC at first, and then eventually they re, like they sort of remade it, and they sort of downported it. Like they made it kind of shittier to put it on the PlayStation Two. Okay. In a weird way, because the PlayStation Two was less powerful than PCs of the day. So, uh, anyway, that was where I first played it on the PlayStation 2 and then played the PC version afterwards. Sorry. I just had this weird wave of like, I just had this weird cause you said downport uh-huh. and it made me think of like, like I had all of a sudden I had like a hook from some weird song in my head. And I was like, what is this? Like, you know, it's like downporting and I'm like, what is, and then it, and then it clicked to what it was. And I was like, Oh, Oh, it's down breeding. And it's a Stuck Mojo song. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> there's, some, there's some problematic Stuck Mojo songs, uh, yeah, if yeah, anyone yeah. has ever been a fan. but um, <laughs> If anyone's interested. Is that actually what that fucking song is called? But so sorry, that if you just, you know, that's that's what, yep, there it is. <laughs> Last track, there it is. Down breeding. Oh, there man, I didn't make that up. Oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they they downported. Yeah, they downbreeded it to the P- PS2. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that checks out there too. Honestly. No. No. Because <laughs> I, I know I know the lyrics to this song. It's, oh, okay, it's well, different. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what that means. So never mind. Um, they have other tracks on that record, like "My Gun Control Is a Steady Hand." Um, yeah. The most glaring thing. So this is this is again a really int- this is a record pig walk. That which Devin Townsend produced, so it oh, sounds right. amazing. And there's, I remember that, yeah. And he has a there's some cool backing tra- backing vocals that Devin does that are just amazing. But uh, there's one song on here, like th- there was this weird thing that happened in the in the mid to late '90s where all these metal bands were really mad at grunge. Uh huh. That that whole chestnut, you know, yeah, 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 and it's like we're the alternative to the alternative, you know, and like all this kind of shit. And so the, all the verses are just him talking, like making puns, and talking shit on all the all the um, alternative bands, you know, yeah. like you can paint a silver chair and you can do this and that. It's oh, it's it's real. It's top shelf cringe. Oh boy, but um. There's a few good songs on this record, though. Pig Walk. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Downporting. <laughs> Fuck. God. It's exhausting to be my friend. I just, <laughs> like, and I, I understand that. <laughs> oh. No, I got to think about Stuck Mojo for a few minutes. So it was all, it was worth it. Yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> you're no, not... I was thinking about fucking Stuck Mojo like a day ago. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. (laughs) Because 
<laughs> do they have an album called Rising? They do. So I was thinking about the Doors lyric, Mojo Rising, which he says, <laughs> which he says in uh, I forget what song that is, but it made me wonder if they if they, if they somehow pulled that I name from that lyric. I doubt it. Because uh, Jim Morrison just goes Mojo Rising. Like ten times in a row. The cover of that record is a is a championship wrestling. Belt, I remember this. Yeah, you know, I remember this. And there's songs about like pipe bombing political buses and shit like that. You know, like there's a God. song called like Crooked Figurehead, which is you know, which is about Bill Clinton and shit like that. Which it's it's like yeah, dude, yeah, politicians suck or whatever. Yeah, like no politician is absolutely clean. Sure, but. I don't know, man. There's like when you when you get like mad enough to to. I don't know, man. It it. I mean, at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's cool," because I really liked Pigwalk, but I got I got that record. Um, I got Rising because it was like, "Oh, it's the next Snook Mojo record," and I listened to it a lot, but you know, I just didn't like that vibe as much. Right. Because it like reminded me of my uncle that was telling me that like fucking Bill Clinton like was like literally a demon and shit. <laughs> right. And so, you know, like there's you know, there there there's like a whole there's like a whole like there's a difference between being like, man, man, I didn't vote for that guy. Fuck that guy. Fine, sure, whatever. But like, no, this guy is in, is like evil. Yeah. And and everything he says is a lie. But the guy for my team, everything he says is is true. Um, even though I don't know either one of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like I'm fine, man. Like I, you know, you, you want to like criticize the profession of politicians? Sure. Yeah. There's go ahead. there's plenty to do there, but you can't. I don't I don't know that there's anything you can criticize the left for that you can't also criticize. The right for none of none of them is on your team. Yeah, the, yeah. The, there's no reason to root for for one specifically. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason to root against one, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I I will always vote as left as I possibly can. So and and like the yeah. United States in 2021, that makes me a Democrat. Yeah. Um, definitely same. And so you know, but I don't I don't follow. That's what I mean. You know, like, I don't, you know, like, I don't support, I, 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 it's like, well, this is, it's like, this is the guy that's going to be most likely to do the shit that I want to get done and not do the shit I don't want done. Yep. So I'll vote for him. Yep. You know, uh, so you should treat your, I'm of the opinion, you should treat your politicians like they're shitty employees. Not, yeah. not like they're generals. Yeah, you know, or preachers, or pastors, or whatever. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So like the, you know, there's there's some, you know, there's some, there's some primo triggered white dude lyrics on those stuck mojo <laughs> records, and but then they're like, well, I'm gonna get a black guy to sing them. So, right. so this is okay, right? <laughs> right. Um, Weird. So, but it's just, it's, it's very, it's very like 
triggered white dude <laughs> triggered white dude lyrics um so but i hear rich ward's a nice guy you know i don't know man that fucking killer guitar tone i'll tell you that <laughs> the fucking guitar tone on those records is fucking top tier yeah i remember being like oh shit that sounds pretty good so so anyway um what a fucking digression <laughs> i didn't really think about uh i didn't really expect to be talking about stuck mojo this much it said everyone <laughs> ever said anyone yeah, yeah in the past 25 years um yeah uh i guess i think we, i pretty much brought everything up i think i think every, we sort of covered everything that i wanted to cover um I guess a couple a couple things that we didn't really touch on very well, kind of did here and there, but like the uh, I guess we did cover that. Um, anyway, I, I was primarily interested with this just to see what you would think about mm. about some of the stuff uh, because not only like 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 you said you were sort of playing games around this time, so you had at least heard some of the some of the contemporary stuff, right. uh, if not this exact stuff. But also I've just listened to it so much over so many years now that I feel like I can't listen to it objectively anymore mm, because sure. it all, sure, sure, sure. all this shit carries all sorts of weird nostalgia for me. Right. But, uh, right, but I right, still right. listen to it to this day just for musical appreciation. It's so, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to keep listening to it. And maybe and and try to make like some sort of more detailed observations, because I I wanted to do that I just didn't have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week, and well, I got I, it to you kind of late too, so that's true. And then I was like, I'm not gonna like <laughs> fucking make notes on my phone while I'm driving. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, and it is interesting too because the PlayStation was the first sort of uptick like the that i did not participate in right you know right. so i had a i had a I, I was i was one of those kids i had a super nintendo and a sega <sighs> fucking money bags over here richie rich over here yeah for real now it's just you know my mother was really traumatized by the death of my father and so was i so if she could like do some shit that would like make her fucking kid smile she she did that so i yeah. i i had more i had more shit than i should have had but it's what led to me being the kind of music fan that i am because i was able to collect music i was able to you know scrape the shit out of my leg on this desk i was able to you know i was i was I was able to, you know, go down all those rabbit holes. I wasn't just stuck with the music that came across. But right. But anyway, but I did not the like I did not get a PlayStation. You know, I had a PC, so I I I got involved in like, you know, early PC games, not early PC games, but like Doom and shit yeah. like that. Especially the first per first uh person shooter stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then the next con I didn't buy another console. Like Xbox 360, probably. Yep, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, I think that was probably the case for a lot of people, really. Like fucking, you know, fifteen, like fifteen years later, you know, because I wanted to play Fable. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, so like I these these things on PlayStation mm-hmm. just totally. you know completely off of my radar. Right. So so yeah, this is you know it's really interesting, and then like and it, and I guess and like like I, like I said earlier, that is the thing that is that really just struck me is that how just. Like just unironically, like no, like nod, wink at the camera, like oh well, this is like some of the most engaging and interesting music that I've ever heard, all put in one place. Cool. Like in like in like several years, you know what I mean? Like it's it's sweet. It's because it's just so objectively good. Um and and but I mean like okay whatever, so much music is objectively good, right? But it's interesting. It's novel and it's engaging. Yeah. But it doesn't. It's doing it in like the nicest way. <laughs> like it is, <laughs> you know, because like lots of stuff is like really artistic and really engaging and all that sort of shit. But it's asking shit of you. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, you only got to You only pay attention to this, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and but there's levels of attention that you can pay to this music like you can like i'm only gonna listen to this music and there's enough layers and depth there that it will be very rewarding for you right or it can just be on the background and it'll and it'll be nice and it'll be fine and that's honestly i think that's what's kind of blown my mind the most about is that that was that was one of the things that really drew me to like funk music and like the jam band scene and whatnot was Mm -hmm. that there was at a at a show like that, there's levels of engagement, and all of those levels levels of engagement are um, accepted and encouraged. Right, they're all valid. Levels. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's you can be like totally upfront, like, oh man, I'm just trying to absorb what these musicians or these person, excuse me, personalities are about. Like, I'm really into this person, you know, like a little, like almost like a celebrity kind of thing, right? Right. You know. Um, or you could just be just dancing your ass off or you could just be, you know, like I'm really digging the musicianship or you could just be chilling in the back vibing by yourself or you could just be outside and it's background music to you having a fucking conversation. And all of those are encouraged. Right. Whereas like in a metal show, there's really only one way that you're supposed to be engaging in a metal show. Yeah. And you and the front man is going to yell at you if you aren't doing that one thing, you know, which is you need to be like you need to be moving your body violently in some and screaming the lyrics to the songs in some way. Yeah. And at, at a lot of metal shows, you'll get explicit instructions on how you should be moving. Yeah. 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 And 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 those levels of engagement are I mean, everyone still does all that. Yeah. But it's like you're like, oh, I'm being a wuss, you know, or, or like it's it's, you know, like. But that whole idea was something that I really um, that I really, really liked because I liked the idea of being able to perform. a, a It's like perform a service to the audience in a sense of like, hey, man, this can be whatever you need it to be. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like if you if you if you 
if you really want something with depth to fucking chew on, then then it then it exists at that level, and you can keep digging, and you'll find all those layers. If you just need to fucking like zone out and fucking like nod your head and be entertained or whatever, then this is for that too. If you want to have some background while you're fucking talking outside, then it can be that too. Right. You know. Uh. So that that's the unexpected connection to listen to this music is is. It's how much it's like, oh, well, this is like, I was trying, this is what I was trying to write, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you saying like, that makes a a ton of sense though, because that's in a way that like some of those engagement methods were like exactly what they were going for, right? They were going for the thing where you can just kind of have it going in the background and and it kind of keeps you going. Mm -hmm. But turns out some of this shit was actually really good music and you can go back, like, I don't know how much of that. I'm sure the people who wrote it wanted to write good music, right? But right. But a lot of this shit is like actually legitimately like I want to listen to this a lot. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if that was the intention when writing it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I want to make this as good as I have time to make it. Right. But this, you know, this isn't like my fucking Beethoven's Fifth here. Yeah. Like, you know, like this isn't my white album. This is, you know, fucking Wandering Ghosts. <laughs> like it's moving on, you know? Yeah. Um, And so, so, so yeah. Like, and I mean, and I also wonder too, you know, because I, I know that Michael played a lot of video games, you know, the guy who co-wrote all the small deal stuff. Right. Um, You know, so I, I know that these things, I imagine these things were a big influence on him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, in sort of, well, and then also like he was a huge, you know, like uh, like seventies like progressive rock Frank Zappa mm-hmm. kind of guy, and so that you sort of get like those jazz fusion sort of notes that that these guys were sort of pulling on, you know, in their early influences that I imagine that influences the next guys and sort of you know, yeah, so. I imagine yeah. that's a bit of the another reason why there's the, the connection that I'm feeling there. So that could make some sense, yeah. Um well, uh that's kind of all I've got, I think. That's that's for, great for this, for this collection. Uh I dig it. So like I said, I've got basically everything else I want to talk about laid out and generally Mm-hmm. organized mm-hmm. into two sections and we'll see how much I can pare each one of those down. Maybe it'll be three sections. Um, Th- this music's real nice to listen to. I don't mind. You can do as bad as you want. Cool. Well, there's, a, <laughs> there's a shit ton of it to listen to. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to do uh, a similar one to you with like say death metal because I don't know if I want to subject you <laughs> to that. I, I would imagine that there's probably more variety in this than there is death metal. Oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, um, but I I think it'll be interesting as as we do the other ones to see how because uh, like even in this one you can see how it progresses from from the early '90s to the late '90s. Mm-hmm. It's very very different sound. Sure. And not so much in the next set, but later on you'll see how things come back around to how they started out here mm. in, in like a very big and direct 
Interesting. And it, in some ways, even more impressive ways. I'm I'm excited. So it's it's a pretty fucking cool. Like trying to wrap, trying to trying to to sift thirty years of this shit out. Right. Uh, is not. Yeah, so it's, so it's, it's, it's been a lot of video games. <laughs> right. And and that was that was part of what my what my notes were. Uh, um, that we sort of did touch on was like. Um, why, like, why I decided to choose all this stuff is because, like, a lot of it was it meant something to me mm-hmm. on a certain level. So there's any number of other other things you could choose for this. There's a there's a lot of really good uh, music and games out there. So nice, but this is some of the best rock and roll. All right, appreciate it. Cool. Yep. Adios. Peace. Peace.